Well, you know, of all the things that uh, Jesus said, there is probably nothing more uh, prophetic uh, or powerful than what he said in John chapter 16, verse 33. We're going to throw that up on the screen for you so you can see it. Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, Jesus was real upfront with us from the beginning that we're going to face trials and sorrows, that they're going to be a part of living in this fallen world. And so this time that we're living in uh, is not, uh, not something that we should be surprised about. Uh, we should have expected things like this. These kinds of things have always happened and they are always going to happen. And one of the things that sometimes I think we forget is that there are many reasons why God just doesn't remove all of this stuff. A part of it is that's how our faith in God is really developed. In times when troubles come and sorrows come and struggles come, that's when God allows us the opportunity to take hold of those troubles, to take hold of those struggles, because as we take hold of them in his name, our faith grows strong. In fact, there's a, a couple of passages of Scripture that we, that we sometimes uh, don't like to read because we don't want to get faith this way, but they're good for us to know. From James chapter 1, James said, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And then Paul says in in Romans chapter 5, And we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know, listen to this, that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. You know, and that's what faith is all about. Faith is is us taking hold of the circumstances and leaning into God so that we can grow strong. The problem is, a lot of times, particularly like in this in this situation we're going through right now, when when we have a, a pandemic like this, or we have a crisis going on, or or something happen around us, we don't take hold of the circumstance. The circumstance takes hold of us. And whenever the circumstance takes hold of us, instead of, of, of standing strong and growing uh, stronger, we begin to cower back and we let worry and anxiety and fear take over. And that's what I want to talk about today. I, I know, um, let's be honest, I, I know that there are many of you who are watching this morning and you've been bound by fear. Uh, fear has overtaken you. Your heart has been anxious. You, uh, you're wondering what's going to happen, and you're, you're all locked into that. And, and, you know, that's part of what can happen when these things take hold. And today, I, I want to share some words of encouragement for you. I want to ask the question, how do we lift ourselves out of this canyon of worry? Or how do we take hold of God's hand and allow him to lift us out of this canyon of worry and really get us to a great place that we can stand strong? Are you ready? I, I want to look at a, at a couple of passages of scripture. Uh, The first from David, we've been looking at the Psalms through this series. I want you to listen to what David says in Psalm chapter 
40, verses 1 through 3. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. And I know there are some of you right now, guess what you're thinking? You think, God, I need you to lift me out of this pit of, of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in God. David had so many fears. David had so many things to worry about. So much anxiety as Saul was after him and people were rebelling against him and all that he went through. But David discovered that God was there even when he was in the pit of despair and in the pit of anxiety, and God could lift him out. I, I love what Paul says, and this may be one of the most encouraging uh, scriptures uh, in the New Testament. And Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 4. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And that is very true. I saw a quote last week. I was reading, a, there was a, an article that was talking about how 85% of what we worry about never happens. And uh, it was talking about the study that they did um, with a large group of people where they had them for a period of time just kind of think back about all the things that they had found themselves worrying about it and how much of it happened. And what they discovered was for, for the people who, who responded to this, they said about 75% of the things that they had worried about didn't happen at all. And there was another uh, like 18% that said on top of that, that not only when, the, when things did happen, they weren't nearly as bad as they thought they'd be. So they said, honestly, about 97% of the people said all the stuff that they were so anxious about really was of no use whatsoever. And I love this quote from Michael de Montaigne, who said, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which has never happened. Now, I know for a lot of us, that's kind of been the mode that we're in. Um, we're not even uh, really as afraid of the things that are as of the things that we're imagining might be. I, I don't know, everybody kind of responds to, to stress and this kind of stuff differently. And uh, some of us, I, what I found is almost every family has uh, their own uh, designated worry wart. And when, when I was growing up, that was my mother. My mother, could she could just worry the wallpaper right off the wall, man. I mean, she, could, she, she worried about every, anything and, and, and everything. And I'll never forget, one of the, <laughs> when I was going away to school my second year in college, my sophomore year, uh, my parents let me take one of their cars to, to school. And I was driving from Ohio to Houston, Texas. And uh, my parents never had, uh, really, until for many, many, many years, never had uh, real credit cards to use, like MasterCard or Visa or any of that. Uh, the only credit card my parents had was an Exxon gas card um, that they rarely used. And when I went away to school, my mom uh, gave me that gas card and uh, made me promise 
that uh, when I got to school that I would uh, wrap it in uh, some kind of package so that no one could ever tell that it was a credit card and uh, put it in cardboard or put it in a box and mail it back. So that we, My mom's great fear was that somehow somebody's going to steal this Exxon gas card and they're going to charge you up thousands and thousands of dollars and our family's going to be lost in debt. Now, even though the card plainly said that we would only be liable up to $50, my mom had this imagination that just went crazy. And so she was, you know, she was just beside herself worrying about me with that credit card. So when I got to Houston and I called mom and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I made it safely. And she said, okay, remember what I told you, be sure to put that credit card and hide it so nobody knows what it is. And so what I did, this was so wrong, but what I did instead is I took a plain letter envelope and just slipped the credit card in it, addressed it to my mother, And then on the back of the envelope, and I kid you not, on the back of the envelope, I wrote this, please do not steal valuable credit card inside. And I mailed that back to my mother. Yeah. I could hear her scream when she got it all the way to Houston, Texas. And I know a lot of you, what a lot of you are thinking, a lot of you are thinking, I am so glad you were not my son. And I don't blame you, and I don't blame you a bit. But it's, it's to the point that so much of what we worry about and so much of what grips our heart aren't the things that are. They're not the realities that are here. They are the things that we are imagining, and we are imagining the worst. And the problem is, if Jesus is really our Savior, if God is really on our throne, then our imaginations should not go to what is worst, but to what is best. And that's what I want to talk about today. So how do we do it? How do we really win over worry? Well, let me give you just a few thoughts. Here's the first one. Stop feeding your fear and start feeding your faith. Stop feeding your fear and start feeding your faith. Yeah, can we, again, can we just be honest this morning? For some of us, the reason our hearts are so bound by fear and anxiety during this time is this coronavirus is all that we're focusing on. I mean, there are some of us that we are just binge watching news story after news story after news story. And you do understand That the news, the way the media gets our attention is with fear. They push that because fear sells. And the more we binge watch, the more our hearts become filled with fear. Look at me. You got you to get this. You, you don't need to watch more than 5 to 15 minutes of news a day. That's all you need. What's the update? What's the latest thing our mayor and governor are saying? How do we cooperate with community? That's all you need to watch. Here's why. I want you to look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 when he was talking. We talked earlier about uh, Paul, the way he talked about not being anxious. Look at at what he says in, in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, let me stop you right there, and I want you to just ask yourself the question, over this last week, were those the things that you were occupying your mind about? 
Paul challenged us not to focus on those things that that breed horror and despair and fear. He says, think about things. Fix your thoughts. Lock your mind in on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things. What kind of things? Things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He says, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then, then, The God of peace will be with you. Now, let me say it this way. What gets your mind gets you. What gets your mind gets you. And so, you say, okay, Steve, if I'm not going to binge watch uh, CNN, or if I'm not going to uh, binge watch, you know, all of the stuff that the coronavirus, you know, what, what should I be doing? When, when I start becoming afraid, what should I be doing? I'm so glad you asked. Let me, let me give you a few things. Are you ready? Instead of panicking, pray. Instead of panicking, pray. Pray the promises of God. Pray the promises of God. Um, pray promises like, Lord, I know you will never leave me or forsake me. Pray the promise that says, Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, pray the promises of God that, that lift you up and move you forward. Pray promises like Romans 8 where, where Paul says, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our, our Lord. As you begin to pray those promises, you begin to remove the panic and you begin to lean in uh, to the power that God really has for you. Uh, pray, pray for God's power uh, to be upon you. Pray for, for, for God's peace to be in you. Begin to pray for God's presence to surround you. Pray prayers of thanksgiving. For every single one of you who are watching this morning, don't you have a lot to be thankful for? What if instead of focusing on what you're afraid of, you really just spent some time thanking God for who he is and all that he's done. Um, I love that again. That's what Paul said when he said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then he says, and thank him for all that he has done. Another way that you, you get, get your mind locked into place is that instead of, instead of worrying, worship. Instead of worrying, worship. I love, again, what David said when David was talking about God lifting him out of the pit. He says, he has set my feet on solid ground, and he has steadied me as I walked along. And then he says, I, he has given me a new song to sing and a hymn of praise. I love that. Uh, that's where, uh, again, what, what Paul said when he said, you know, it is, his, you know put into practice everything and, 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 and think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Instead of walking around worrying, worry and anxiety is simply prayer to yourself. Turn that into praise. Instead of worrying, worship. Declare who God is. That gets me to the last one. Instead of dreading the unknown, declare what you do know. Declare what you do know. I mentioned to you that um, anxiety and worry is really about thinking about imagining things that aren't yet. 
Um, it's about imagining the worst case scenario. Um, what if instead of imagining the worst case scenario, if you allowed your mind to begin to dwell upon the best case scenario? You see, instead of worrying, instead of, instead of uh, letting yourself dread what you do not know, what do you know? Here's what you know. God has always been there for you before. God has always come through in the past. Go back and begin to remember. Has God answered prayer for you? Talk about those prayers with God. Has God ever performed a miracle for you? Start declaring those miracles again. Has God ever come through for you when you thought there was no way it could ever happen? Declare those things again. Instead of dreading what might be, declare what is. Because when you begin to declare what is, I'll tell you what you begin to do. You begin to push fear out and you begin to invite faith in. Stop feeding your fear. Start feeding your faith. Let me give you another thought this morning. And this hit me and let me just share it with you. Faithfully do your part. And then trust God to faithfully do his. Faithfully do your part. Now, let me, let me tell you why I think this is so important. Um, I, I'm amazed in this whole time of this coronavirus thing. Uh, we know that we've got to stem the spread of this thing or people are going to continue to get sick and die. I, I'm just amazed how many people just absolutely ignore um, this heed to keep a little bit of social distance to stop spreading this stuff and people just that just ignore that and congregate together some of you saw the uh, the videos of of kids on spring break down in florida and now they're wondering why florida is in this epidemic of the spread of the virus and people just ignoring that uh, some of you saw that um you know just a, a week ago or so that the, a church in arkansas where they gathered together for a youth event or for a children's event and 34 people at this one event became sick with this virus and and and, and again there is there is a common sense that God has given us and a wisdom that God has given us where we partner with him in the work that he's doing in our lives. And we, we need to be faithful to what we know. We need to be faithful to what we know. I love what, what one of my favorite verses in scripture is in is Proverbs 19.3. And it says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then they're angry at the Lord. And that's so true. Um, you know, we, we want to do whatever we want to do, and then we want God to, to somehow bail us out. I saw a cartoon last week, and I thought, this is just great human nature. It says, this, here's this guy, see the, the, the fence there of God's command. He goes, I hate being confined by a fence. I'm jumping over it. And his friend goes, wait, it's not a fence. And then as the guy heads over the cliff, he goes, it's a guardrail. <laughs> And I think that's one of the things we have to remember is that God instituted these things in place for us to remember that these are, these are guardrails to keep us safe. And, and, I, I, and I get it. I, I know we want to be people of faith. But can I just say something? You know, when I, when I hear about people just totally ignoring common sense and wanting to do whatever they want to do, that's not really trusting God. That's testing God. And I don't think that is a, a good thing to do. You know, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, one of the things the devil tempted him with, he said, you know what, just jump off the top of the temple and God will send his angels and he'll, sa he'll save you. And, 
And Jesus responded by saying, you know what? You shall not test the Lord your God. I think probably in the, in the Aramaic what it said is, devil, you're stupid. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Man, if I jump off this temple, I know what happens. Gravity takes place. I don't, I don't need inspiration to know that's not a good thing to do. I want you to make eye contact and I want you to hear my heart wherever you are. Use common sense. Be faithful. Faithfully do your part to keep yourself safe. And then, second part, then trust God to faithfully do his. Now, if we do our part, let me tell you what I do know about God. God is ever so much more faithful to me than I am to him. And that's what I want to, I want to encourage you with. Um, I, I love the passage of Scripture from, from Psalms 36.5. He says, your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches even beyond the clouds. Psalm 33.4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Now, I just want to speak a word of encouragement to you. Um, again, do your part. Be faithful to do your part. And as you are faithful to do your part, put your trust in a God who is faithful to you. Because if you do your part, I promise you, he will faithfully do his. Let me give you one more thought. Stand on the promise of ultimate victory. Stand on the promise of ultimate victory. I do believe in faithfully doing our part. Um, I do believe that uh, we need to do what we can do and we need to trust God with the rest. But here's what I want you to hear this morning. Um, God is with us and has given us ultimate victory already. Um, I often will have people say to me in times like this, just like I did after 9-11 when people heard that I was going to fly again. And I had people in my church in Phoenix who, who asked me, said, why, why are you getting on a plane after this devastating thing happened? And, and I said, you know, two reasons. One, I just refuse to live my life in fear. I refuse to let anything of this world keep me from doing what God has called me and blessed me to do. But secondly, and you need to hear this, I know that this life is not the end for me. You see, the worst that this world can do to me is take my last breath away and take this body. But what I believe with all of my heart is that my soul already belongs to my Lord Jesus Christ. And long after this body is dead in the ground, my spirit will live with our Lord forever. You know, when we read these words of, of Paul in Philippians and he talks about don't be anxious, you know, sometimes we forget that Paul didn't write those words from uh, a, a place of safety. He was in jail. He was in prison and he didn't know if he was going to live or die. But I love what he said in the very first chapter of, of Philippians, in, in Philippians 121. Paul said, you know, for me, to me, living means living for Christ. And look at what he says, and dying is even better. 
when he wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul said, For our present troubles are quite small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. I love this. And so now, we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over. But the joys to come will last forever. You know, there are so many great uh, stories that are, that are coming out of this uh, whole COVID-19 and pandemic. Uh, many of you are aware of how it ravaged Italy. And I read a story just this last week um, about a doctor named Julian Urban uh, in Italy who was one of the many doctors uh, ministering to these people who were, were coming in. And um, what he said, I, I just thought was so interesting. He, he was a 38-year-old doctor who was confessed, a confessed atheist. And he said, in, um, he said, until two weeks ago, he said, my colleagues and I were atheists. He said, which is normal because we're doctors and we learned that science excludes the presence of God. And then he spoke about how he, he used to mock his parents for going to church in the past. And he said, you know what? All of that has changed since recently meeting a pastor who, a 75-year-old pastor who was admitted, admitted to the hospital because he had the coronavirus. And he said he was a kind man and he had serious breathing problems. He said, but he had a Bible with him. And he said he impressed us how, by how he read it to the dying as he held their hand. He said, we doctors who were all tired, discouraged, uh, psychologically and physically just finished. He said, when we had time, he said, we listened to him. He said, we have reached our limits. We can do no more. People are dying every day. We are exhausted. He said, we've had two colleagues that are dying and others that are being affected. And he said, then he and his colleagues realized we needed to start asking God for help. He said, when we talked to each other, he said, we can't believe that though we were once fierce atheists, we are now, in, in, now daily in search of peace, asking the Lord to help us continue so that we can take care of the sick. Now listen to this. Dr. Julian said that the 75-year-old pastor died. Despite having over 120 deaths here in three weeks, he said, we were not destroyed. That pastor had managed, despite his condition and our difficulties, to bring us a peace that we no longer had even hoped to find. You know, one of the things in times like this we come to and we just have to rest upon it. As we don't know what the future holds. But we do know who holds that future. And so this morning, um, we want to end just a little differently. Um, we shortened our worship on the front end. And I've asked Rachel to lead us in a couple of songs here on the back end. And I want you today, wherever you are just to lay all of your fears and your worries and your anxieties before God. I want you to push all of that worry stuff out of your mind. And for the next few moments, would you worship God? Would you stop fearing what might be? And would you declare what is? 
And that is Jesus is still Lord. And he is still on his throne. And Father, we do today put all of our trust in you. Father, we're so thankful um, for our leaders in our country who I know are, are just working diligently to try to help navigate through this. We're so thankful, Lord, for Governor Stitt and the way that he has so diligently leaned upon you and, and, and led our state. And we're thankful for our mayors and all that they're doing. We're grateful for all of those things. But Father, what we want you to know today is for all of these things that human beings are doing, for all of these things that we're trying to do for ourselves, we know that we don't have the strength or the power or the wisdom. And so here today, we put the full weight of our life. We put the full weight of our family. We put all of our cares, our fears, our worries, our anxieties upon you. As we turn and look back, we remember you have been faithful to us time and time again. You have seen us through storm after storm and trouble after trouble. Lord Jesus, we have found your words to be true, that in this world there will be trials and sorrows. But today, we take heart because you, Lord Jesus, have overcome the world. It's in your precious name we pray and give you thanks today. And everyone everywhere said, amen, amen. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for being with us online. Um, I want to just give you one little tool that I hope will help you. Um, several weeks back, I preached a message on facing our fears. And I made available to our Chartel congregation a sheet, two-sided sheet, that are scriptures to help you face your fears. And uh, this week, Jonathan's going to be posting those uh, on our social media, on our website and all that to make that available to you. And for those of you who may not have one of those sheets or may not have, may have lost it, uh, you can download that. Uh, those of you who are watching, if you have trouble with that, if you email me, steve at chartelchurch.org, uh, I'll be happy to email you a copy of that. And pastors who may be watching this video, if you'd like to make that available to your people, uh, please feel free to do so. Which also lets me know, um, as, for those of you who watched today, I hope today was an encouragement to you. Um, but if uh, not only for you, but I hope that you'll take time to share this video on your social media sites, on Facebook or wherever. I hope that you will invite other people uh, to hear the Word of God and to explore that. Uh, I'm just amazed how I get emails from people all over the, all over the country who's, who are seeing this and are inspired by it. So please do your part, share the Word. Let's take this anxious world that's around us and let's help let's speak the peace of God into them. And uh, thank you for helping us do that. Uh, also, just coming up next week, just a reminder, next week is Palm Sunday. We're going to be kicking off Passion Week. And uh, we've got a number of things that we're going to be doing uh, next week. We're going to give you not only an uplifting message on Sunday, but on Wednesday uh, of Passion Week, we're going to be having a Passion Week service, uh, worship experience that we're going to be doing here that you can, your family can join in with. On Thursday night, we're going to be live streaming uh, from Jews for Jesus, a beautiful presentation called Christ and the Passover that you and your family can enjoy together to see how the Old Testament Pass Passover uh, portrayed actually the Jesus is coming way uh, thousands of years in advance. And then also, again, wrapping that up, we're going to be having our Easter service, which is going to be on the fact that he still moves stones. 
And I believe that with all of my heart. We love you all so much. If there is ever any way that we or our staff can be a blessing or help to you, you please let us know. Have a wonderful week. I love you guys. God bless. We'll see you soon.